right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the No Laying Up Golf Podcast. We're glad you're here. My name is Randy. We are talking LPGA and women's golf generally on this episode. And joining me are two associates, Mr. Tron Carter, TC. Good morning or good afternoon where you are. How are you today? Hello, Big. I'm great. I'm great. Good to be here. Excited to talk some ladies golf. Absolutely. And the third man of the crew, the Sarge, Cody McBride. Cody, always a pleasure, man. How are you? Thanks, Big. Happy to be here on this program with you. You know this gets me fired up, baby. I want to go. You know, before you get to this ad read, because I know you're chomping at the bit to do it, I want to say a hearty, hearty congratulations to you, sir. A big event this week. You turned 40 years old. I know you're not one for Huge public birthday guy. I know you're not one for public announcements or anything else, but how does it feel? Is, is it more difficult getting out of bed? Do you roll over now instead of sitting straight up? Like what what's the difference between 39 and 40? No difference that I've noticed yet. Uh thank you for the well wishes. Yeah, I God, can you remember when we were young how old 40 seemed, you know, when when friends, neighbors, parents they would uh, a lot of black balloons over the hill. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's not as prevalent anymore with turning forty, but yeah, it's been. You know, I've noticed the body just being a little bit more sore, slower to recover. Honestly, over the last like two three years, I feel like it's been a slow slide into that. But uh, we're looking to change some habits. You know, not to get too far off script, but. Turning 40, it's 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 been a good milestone for me, and I'm trying to change some habits, trying to really get into yoga, which was one of my uh, New Year's goals, which I'd been awful at, but we're we're making an effort here over the last three months of the year. We 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 if I've realized if I don't start doing some work and preventative care for my body, it's just going to get worse. So yeah, maybe not the most like fun thing to think about on your birthday, but that's, that's kind of where my mind is. I appreciate you bringing it up. I've been seeing a lot of hot yoga on your calendar. Vinyasa (laughs) power flow. hot. Really? Yeah. Good on you, big. And one thing we were talking about in uh, Spain is that we walked by some outdoor tennis courts. You've been getting your drills in yet? I did. I got a drill in earlier this week. I'm drilling next week. That's another, you know, with the cold weather coming, I tennis is, is great out here in the winter, a lot of indoor events and lessons. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get back in the swing of things. I will say very sore after playing Monday for the first time in uh, a few months, actually. So, we got to get you one of those uh, ice baths, buddy. We, we might need to get you doing the, the cold plunge action. But you know what? Your birthday and this podcast brought to you by our good friends at Titleist and the new T-Series Irons. Randy, I'm going to vacate the runway. This is your show. This is your airstrip. I want you to land this ad because I think we got a big, big bird coming in. What happened, buddy? Oh, my God. I Well, if people, I don't know how people would not have heard about it already, but in case you have not, let me set the scene for you. It was late last week out here at Riverdale Dunes, the, the Riverdale Golf Course, the Dunes Course. 
playing in a foursome with some Colorado Roos people. And, you know, after after really cold topping the ball for much of the first four or five <laughs> holes, we get to the par four sixth, I believe. God, the sixth or seventh. Who could say? And uh, I finally hit a good drive. Had, I believe, my laser said 177. Of course, you know, I still try to convert all my Colorado distances to sea level. So I'm I'm trying to do the math in my head, maybe take it off. Not quite 10%, but we're getting somewhere down in that, you know, 155 to 160 range. And that's my title is seven iron. What a comfy club that is. T100. They couldn't get me out of the T100s. Flushers Mr. only in T100. that. I make a great swing. The ball just, you know, it comes out of the window perfectly. I even, I think in the air, I, I muttered, be good. Um, really? It hits Talking on the, to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it hits on the front of the green. It was like a back left pin. Some firm greens. Ball releases and just starts tracking. I actually, I kind of, you know, started putting my club away, picking up my golf bag. I, I didn't even see the ball to completion. A couple guys a little further up the fairway said, oh, my God, I think that went in. I said, are you guys serious? They said, I really think so. And lo and behold, walking up, you know, seeing the ball in the hole. That's the first eagle, hole-out eagle from a substantial distance. I, gosh, I can remember one maybe when I was, like, in my early 20s. It does not happen often. So, very special. Uh, I will say all credit, of course, to the Titleist T100 irons. You were yeah, talking about that last night. We haven't had, I don't think I've had a, a, like a hole out from a substantial distance since the day of his wedding or the day before his wedding. I had an albatross. Yeah, I remember that. That was the last, that was the last time I, like, I, I, I can't even remember the last time I chipped in. You were on a heater though, because you had a couple hole in ones there. I remember when I, yeah, I first moved I had, to Florida. I had three aces in like an 18 month stretch, and I haven't had one since. And I didn't have <laughs> one for the first 30, however many years of my life. So I, I like think that you know what you're missing uh, now that you had then. What? I, I think you need to go back to the DQ diet. You need the proper fuel in your belly. But this That's is still true. a Titleist ad. You heard Randy talk about his T100 irons. They hit great. They go to the proper distance. The dispersion of them is incredible. And just like Randy said, his, his, the angle of descent of these balls coming in to hold the greens, have the proper rollout, have the proper control are amazing. Randy's in T100s. I'm in T150s. TC's in T150s. The most important thing here, people, go get fit. You can find a fitter or a fitting event near you at Titleist.com. That's Titleist.com. And go check out that new Titleist T-Series irons. Big Actually, back to you. Cody, Cody, I want to congratulate one of the guys who fit us, Robert O'Rourke, out in, Colorado, out in California. He got married this past weekend. I want to wish he and his, his lovely bride, Sophie, uh, hearty congratulations. I love it. Big time uh, supporters of the program too. I, we got birthday announcements uh, and congratulations. We're gotten wedding announcements now. Who knows what else we're going to have in this podcast, but I'm pumped. Congratulations to him. Awesome, awesome fitter, like a true professional at what he does. That's the takeaway. People go get fit. Titleist.com. You can find a fitter in your area. Uh, Cody, thank you so much for that setup. You're, you're a true you're a true friend, a true professional. 
We have a great episode today. We're going to get into a lot of things. We're going to start with a few news items off the top. We're going to get into the recent LPGA events, a couple a, a couple good ones since the Solheim Cup. And now the ladies start their second Asian swing. They have four weeks coming up over in Asia. Uh, we're going to talk highlight the Epson Tour. They handed out 10 LPGA cards for 2024. So and we got a good episode here. Scanners too. They're they're handing out the, the Epson Tour <laughs> prize packs. As well. That was so sweet. That's awesome. Uh, let's start right here though, and I, it's I I'm curious. I guess like how big of a deal it is. What your guys' thoughts are? It was announced that Lexi Thompson has accepted a sponsor's invite to play in this weekend's Shriners PGA Tour event in Las Vegas. Which one of you, where did your mind go initially when you heard this news? My mind went to Lexi is currently 82nd in the race to the CME Globe and has only played in 13 LPGA events this year, which is like half the schedule. So um, maybe like focus on tidying your shit up and like competing and, and succeeding. And uh, like she has two top tens all year. Uh, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a dozen ladies out there that i would have gone with before lexi but you know i'm not the one giving out these exemptions so cody did it surprise you yeah i mean i think it's shocking i didn't see it coming right now it's not surprising that lexi is the person that that ultimately was selected and then she accepted the sponsor's invitation but i think you know the the aggregation channels that are out there on social i think did my guy pistol pete uh did him completely dirty here by i you know he stumbled through his words and and called the invite a gimmick it's not really you know and then took it back it's not a gimmick but you know the the pga tour is a gimmick well it's a total gimmick okay but she is not a gimmick okay i think i think that's what he wanted to make very very clear is that yes a lot of these events are searching for a new identity because they do not have fedex cup points awarded the same way it's been in years past and they're looking for ways to juice numbers and and rightfully so uh tc you you you, i feel like i'm getting painted in here just like i got painted in in the the lucas glover (laughs) corner here you're right about lexi and her season so far and nobody was harder on lexi leading up to the solheim cup than i was and i want that on the record here and i want the the you know you guys if, if this is our court of law i want you guys to hear me out on this she played so fucking good at the Solheim Cup. She did. All right. She did. S- since then, it's, it's she's found she clearly found something. And Jay Ray pointed this out the week of the Solheim Cup, and we're like, "Ooh, like Lexi's leading this off here." I don't know about that. You know, she has put together like really, really good performances, playing in almost you know every week since she came back from the Solheim Cup, went straight to Arkansas, had a great finish there. She appears to be like, you know, her driver is back. It, those quick hooks that she had off the tee that she was struggling with earlier in the year, no longer her issue. She's still hitting a ton of greens, which has never been her issue. And I went and saw her last week up in North Dallas. She's making a ton of putts. I mean, she has a T19, T8, T5 uh, since the Solheim Cup. It seems like she has it together. And of all the people, if if they are looking for somebody to to juice numbers and bring one of the professionals that play full-time on the LPGA tour over to a PGA tour event. 
on a course where distance is not going to be in like that big of an issue, Lexi is that. I'm with you. I'm, I, listen, I hear all that. I would hesitate to say she plays full-time on LPGA. Well, oh, she, the playing. minimum, I, I, all she has to do is play the, the minimum events necessary to keep her card. I don't know. It's just, it seems like, like she was complaining about the, the media coverage at Solheim Cup or one, one question at Solheim Cup, and now she's seeking out the spotlight again. It, it, like, it's like you can't, you can't go both ways, right? Well, I don't know about seeking out. I was God, you guys are painting me in this horrible corner. I can't believe Randy, you're over there being silent. I can't believe the, I'm the only one here. She's not seeking it out if the invitation is presented. You know, and and I think I'm that's just a, asking questions, Cody. I'm just asking. I questions. know you are. You're you're doing a very good job here, and <laughs> and I'm I'm happy playing this. Uh, you know, this part here. But it, it's a difference between seeking something out and like, you know, if she was out like throwing out random Twitter statements of like, you know, talking shit about like oh, I could play in any event or anything else. The invitation came from the tournament organizers. She did not seek it out. She accepted it. The Shriners. And, yeah, yeah, very do, much. Do we need to be going after the Shriners? <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I, I remember, what was it? And the last time this happened was in 2018. That's right. At the Barbersaw. Brittany Lincecum. Now, I would say that obviously there, there's hometown things there in that area of the country that, that we're going to drive a lot of fans to that event. I would say this is case in point of like, what is the Shriners? What is this event anymore? And I think they're looking for, you know, juice on the ground. And I think from, you know, you nobody can deny the pull that Lexi has when it comes to not only the women's professional game, but golf in general. Like even through, uh, it, no matter what can be said, some based off of her actions and some not based off, or, you, you know, completely from like bogus reporting out there, that like she fucking drives a lot of people to the game. She is a role model for a t a ton of young girls and young boys coming up who are looking at it. And and I think this is a, a great thing. Who knows how she's going to perform? That's a hundred percent on her. Answering the questions post round, that's also a hundred percent on her. But I think this is awesome. I I don't I don't think that she was out there seeking this out. That's fair. I think a lot of my issues with Lexi are also have to do with her representation, as we've talked about as well. I, I, I am curious. You guys bring up a lot of good points. I have zero problem with her accepting the invite, with the invite going to her. Uh, the tournament can do what they want. I, I am curious how long this had been in the works because, Tron, to your point, you know, if this was pre Solheim Cup, like there was nothing pointing to her being in form or, you know, it, it just, it, it, thankfully she's played really well since the Solheim Cup. And Cody, as you said, she played excellent at the Solheim Cup because otherwise it would be like, th this would be about the worst point in her career in which to do something like this. So it, I guess it was a bit odd. I think where my mind immediately went when I heard the news was, you know, we've heard whispers and I, who knows if they're, I will say they're loud very whispers. unfounded, but loud whispers that like, hey, we're not sure if Lexi's going to even be playing next year. So it seemed like 
hey, if you're ever going to do this, now's the time uh, if she really is thinking about winding down, uh, which is interesting. Obviously, we don't know for sure. We'll we'll all find out together over the, the coming months. Um, yeah, as, as far as like driving eyeballs, I'm, I'll be curious. She tees off Thursday afternoon, I think 219 local time. Um, she's playing. I thought her pairing was a little strange. She's playing with, uh, uh, Werbelow. Who's, is it Troy, Trevor, Trevor Werbelow. Yeah. And then some other guy, honestly, I'd never heard of. Let me look him up real quick. But it like not a marquee pairing. Well, so one of the things is uh, the mules. uh, Some of the mules are pissed because like they're going off the 2021, 2022. Which they should be pissed. This is is BS. It's so bad. It's so bad. So guys that like, like Dylan Wu was going back and forth with um, our guy Ryan over at Monday Q info. And he was, and he's got a great point. He's like, Hey, like I'm like 80th this year and we're, I'm trying to improve my standing heading into 2024. That's what this fall season, that's, that's how they've, they've explained it to everyone as, Hey, this is for improving your, your standing. And he can't like, he, he, he was on the alternate list yet. He's also into Zozo for neck for, which is like a 75 or 70 or 75 person field. So the whole category thing is, outrageous they need to figure out what's going on with this stuff also it, like is lexi just going to straight up skip the entire asian swing that's another good question i because I then don't if know. that's the case she's only she's 82nd right now she basically has to finish like very high like probably top six top seven i would think for in, at, at the annika event down in tampa and then that's that's really her only shot to get inside the top 60 and make the the tour championship correct oh. yeah i know that's I'm, I'm curious her schedule as well um she's obviously missing the first event of the asian swing so but what about china you invitational exactly uh the third member she's playing with kevin roy so kevin roy trevor werbelo and lexi are going off uh the second to last group of the day uh, does she have any shot at making the cut, Cody? What What are your expectations? I am going to go with uh, that she will not make the cut. I think that she will she will play well. I just do not see uh, her like lighting it up like that on a on a pretty big golf course that people go really deep on. I mean, this is one of those. This is an event where it's like a, a true like. You know, it's a race out there to get as deep as you possibly can. And I think, uh, you know, what what is success? Is making the cut success? Or like, where are we drawing this line here? For what what will a successful week for Lexi be? I mean, Great I think question. making the cut would be unbelievably successful. I, I, I think, honestly, I think hanging around 74, 75, acquitting herself well, making some birdies, like... Just I feel like breaking one fifty. Right? Yeah, looking at how these things have gone uh, for Brittany and Susie Whaley and Anka and Michelle Wee. I mean, making the cut would be maybe yeah. one of the stories of the year. So I, I don't expect that. But yeah, TC like breaking one fifty and again making some birdies, having having some highlights for the for the folks for the kids. I, I think that'd be a successful week. 
TC brought up a good point about uh, categories for some of these events, and you brought up Zozo that's using current year yeah. uh, standings for their events. And, and I, I agree. Every time there's a sponsor's invite that goes to somebody who is not a full-time professional or even some who, who are just not full-time professionals at, like, the highest level, I think back to, like, you know, I think Zurich, like, that stands out there and you had that crazy ass, you know, my old buddy, the medic that was like, yo, what are you doing? Like, can't even break 80 out there. Uh, that, that people who at the end of the day should like play better, but it, it, it stinks. Cause you know, like Harry's not in the event this week, but like, this is an event that, you know, for the guys who are, you know, he's still in 126 to 150 from last year's category. He's not getting in. Uh, but like, you know, they had opportunities. They could go Monday qualify. You know, that's what that's what Dylan tried to do. He missed out on it and then ultimately got brought back around anyway when his yeah. when he got brought up on the uh, alternates list. But Lexi here shall become the seventh woman to play in a tour event. Uh, as Randy mentioned a couple of their names earlier. We got Babe uh, Zaharias. She had seven starts on the PGA Tour. Shirley Spork. Uh, if, if, 19- if I could just say... Babe, sorry, Cody, to interrupt. If if people want to like, just go read Babe's Wikipedia page. It, it's incredible. We we kind of touched on it, Cody. I remember. Eggs. Yeah, we we went through like her resume. Uh, I think it was before Founders Cup, but yep. it, it's absolutely incredible. All right, go ahead. Yep. So we have Babe. We have uh, Shirley Spork played in the 1952 Northern California Reno Open. Randy mentioned Annika earlier. She, of course, played in the twenty thir- or 2003 Charles Schwab Challenge. It was not called that then, but, of course, that's what the graphic that we're, we're going off of now. <laughs> Susie Whaley, a uh, name that we've mentioned multiple times here. Um, a, a very good teaching professional, club professional, went on to be president of PGA of America. She qualified and played in the 2003 Travelers Championship. Michelle Wee West, of course, had eight PGA Tour starts from 2004 to 2008. And Brittany Lincecombe, 2018 Barbersall Championship. Uh, of all of these, I did a little bit of research. So Babe actually qualified for some of these PGA Tour events she played in. Shirley qualified for the Northern California Arena Open. And Susie, of course, qualified via winning her, I think it must have been Section Championship. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. The blocky. Yep, yep. To get into the 2023 Travelers Championship. Michelle, Brittany, uh, Annika and Lexi now going the route via sponsors exemptions. So I think there is a little bit of differentiating that we can do there, but uh, we'll see how the week goes. I'm excited. Is it going to make me view in and watch Shriners? Probably not. Uh, we watch a ton of golf, but it's it'll be late night golf and or you know evening golf for me. It's hard. You know the, the Rangers are doing really good. Moved out of the ALTS. <laughs> Big tag. You know we're moving to the. Ch- championship series now so i don't know if it's going to take me away from that but but who knows excited to see how lexi does and it'll it'll roll right into uh the what about china coverage that's right i think that starts at 11 p.m so late (laughs) that's right uh late night golf for the for the women the next several weeks we'll get into that uh the other news item and it's kind of a combination between some solheim cup uh post-mortem we got the TV ratings, uh, both Sky Sports showed really strong uh, relative to previous iterations of the Solheim Cup, strong numbers this year. 
Golf Channel had the most watched final round of a European Solheim Cup since 2007. We Despite talked about shooting us in the face with a shotgun. They're still exactly. the people are still watching. Exactly. We we talked about even though the coverage was not great, um, which which is great, right? It's it's wonderful. More eyeballs coming to the women's game. Uh, very deserving. But I think it goes hand in hand with. I think it's a, a pretty big announcement. I'd love to have a, a quick conversation with you guys. Um, so an article originally appearing in the Financial Times, but I'm going to quote off of a Sports Business Journal write-up that the LPGA is, I'm quoting now, the LPGA is set to appoint strategic advisors to attract greater investment as it looks to capitalize on the rapid growth of the game according to uh, the reporter from the Financial Times. goes on to say, LPGA Commissioner Molly Marcuse-Simon said that the women's game was, quote, being held back commercially by a lack of broadcast exposure and investment. She singled out the disparity between the Ryder Cup and Solheim Cup as an example and went on to say, quote, I'm 100% convinced that if we got even a small percentage of the investment made in the Ryder Cup, the Solheim Cup could be a huge home run for players, for fans, for broadcasters, for sponsors. I think we're sitting on a gold mine and we need to capitalize on that. So, um, guys, I, I, I mean, I, I think we talked internally. It's, it's great to hear this from the commissioner because I, I think we've been waiting for molly to settle into her role uh we've heard a lot of things about you know some you hear the good and the bad and but finally to me this feels like hey molly is is kind of asserting going on the offensive exactly tc being assertive and and working on this is like a big picture item something that she can hang her hat on as the commissioner of the LPGA. So I'm I'm curious, Cody or Tron, if you guys want to pick this up, any thoughts here? Yeah, I think it's probably goes hand in hand with some of the ladies European tour stuff, that some of that merger uh, stuff, kind of figuring out how to capitalize on a Solheim Cup, especially with one coming up this next year. And then, you know, as we move down the line for the next overseas one in the Netherlands and then wherever they decide to go in, that'd be 2026 uh, here in the States or sorry, 2020. Yeah. 20, no, 2028 here in the States. But yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it seems like it's very much similar to some of the investment that's going on in national women's soccer league, um, WNBA. Like, like I saw the warriors just inked like a $50 million uh, investment to bring a WNBA team to, just strictly from a business perspective, it seems like a golf channel would probably argue against, well, Hey, nobody watches this. It's like, nobody watches this because you guys don't put a coherent story around it and there's no critical mass whatsoever. And it's just scattershot. You're doing the bare minimum. And it's like, Hey, like if you play offense, like we've said, you can go on the offensive and put, put together a coherent plan, tie stuff together and tell stories. This feels like a really like undervalued, underrealized asset that you know could be like some great you know great commercial inventory great viewing just all sorts of things you know and it's it's it it, it seems like a no-brainer to get more capital around it on the front end to you know try and try and do that you know try and play offense instead of just hey we'll 
we'll take the scraps that you give us and be okay with it. Yes, I would say something that came out earlier this year, uh, actually probably, I don't even know if it was a month ago now, it might have been a couple weeks, but just the differences in LPGA viewership when it is on Golf Channel, which is cable, versus NBC or CBS, which is network. And I think in this day of streaming and wire cutting and everything else, people forget the fact that like, you know, Golf Channel, people still have to pay for the package that that comes in versus network is like you can get some wires or the digital wires now and like anybody can get that. The rabbit ears. Yeah. yeah. So it does matter of where it is presented here. So I broke down uh, the disparities here between Solheim Cup and Ryder Cup and what NBC put out because when we were at Solheim Cup and what really started the week of Solheim Cup is kind of the the potential loss for the greater game of golf of what could have been and what could have been was this incredible two-week european festival showcasing the best you know men and women professional golfers from the united states and from europe and i think i i still believe that was a huge missed opportunity that we know people in the back were trying to figure things out and make it work but when you're working with like a 27 layer cake and you're trying to pull you know layer three seven (laughs) 19 and then 12 on top of it to make it work it just becomes too complicated and i understand the people who were trying to figure it out are just like oh get get this out of here it makes complete sense to me but luckily nbc on the hook for both solheim cup and Ryder cup um so just going through their press releases and everything. This year's Ryder Cup had more than 100 hours of live tournament and studio coverage across Golf Channel, USA Network, and NBC. The Solheim Cup from NBC, 25 hours. So it invested a quarter of airtime to it, just strictly numbers-wise. On top of that, the Solheim Cup was only on cable or their streaming options, meaning they they kept it strictly on Golf Channel or golfchannel.com or, or whatever else. Now, I think that's where we start here. And we know from their their broadcast agreement that the LPGA Tour has, it was, it was, oh, thank you so much, Big Brother PGA Tour, for coming down and helping us negotiate this, is that I believe, and from the information that we've gathered is that the LPGA's current television contract is only for cable options. Everything that is uh, above and beyond that, when we talk about networks or anything else, that is in partnership with either the LPGA purchasing that airtime or the sponsor of whatever event going and purchasing that airtime. So it's it's not built in just like the PGA Tour does for every single one of their events this year, specifically when it comes to NBC. You know? Yeah. The second part of it is, so that was ours and how we broke them down. The Ryder Cup, NBC, and whoever else that they contracted with, they had over 80 cameras, including wire cams, plane cameras, top tracer cams, slow motion cams, the, you know, Venus, whatever, shallow depths of field cams, all of those, 80 of them total. Right? They had... Very, very close to 40 cameras on site total for the Solheim Cup. Almost half, right? Talent pool, Ryder Cup. There's 20-plus members, over 20 people, from overall NBC talent. Majority of them 
coming from Golf Channel, when you got live from crew, you got studio crews, you got on-course crews, you got all those people, all right? They had over 20 members uh, for the Solheim Cup. Uh, obviously, we talked about it during the event. They they sent over 11 people. They didn't even use all 11 because they, they, they benched Woody, which I don't understand. I still don't understand the decision of why they benched Woody, like, when they only had so few on-course recorders there in, in the first place. NBC is going to say, well, they're going to blame the world feed because they use the world feed for both, you know, and well, hey, uh, you know, the European tour and the PGA of America and ladies European tour, like these are the decisions that they made on how to cover it, how, how many cameras to have, da, 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 da. But so it's not like NBC is the only responsible party for this, but their lack of investment is, is glaring right? Just from a personnel standpoint and from a, you know, the 25 hours, I'm sure they would say, well, we did wall-to-wall coverage of all the matches, you know, live. And then we just didn't have any studio shows around it. Whereas, you know, they, they did all sorts of studio shows for the Ryder Cup. This is just where it seems like, hey, having a pile of money to basically have a five-year plan or, you know, three-year plan or a five-year plan or a 10-year plan to work towards something and say, hey, we're going to identify these eight tournaments that we want on network TV this year, build a coherent story around those and, and make longer term decisions instead of just, you know, Hey, we don't know what our schedule is going to look like next year, much less in, in four or five years and have to make sacrifices or like, it, it, you know, it just feels like having a, having access to more capital to build a foundation off of seems very, very useful and worthwhile for them. Right. I think that's right. I, I That's been one of my biggest uh, frustrations, I guess, Cody, to your point. Not only does the LPJ have to buy network television time, uh, I believe the last CBS LPGA broadcast was from the Toledo, the Dana Open that Lynn Grant actually ran away with. And it drew over a million viewers, which is like one of the most watched uh, women's golf rounds of the year. And there was nothing particularly, you know, exciting about the Dane Open. I mean, it's it's just any other event uh, week to week. But that it was on broadcast TV in a time frame, I believe 1 o'clock Eastern, that people expect to find golf on, on broadcast TV. And I think that's the biggest thing when you look at the LPGA package on Golf Channel is they seem to be... Well, we got a slot. The PGA Tour goes in first. That's our first priority. They get the 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 premium TV window. And then it seems like we got a slot in. Sometimes it seems like the Champions Tour gets gets privilege above the LPGA. Sometimes they, the Corn Ferry. Yeah. The Champions and, Tour stuff needs to get shot into space. <laughs> and <laughs> so you end up having LPGA broadcast times that are like, well, some weeks it's like 11 a.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. Eastern. And then other weeks it'll be 4 to 7 Eastern. And then you just never know when the broadcast window is going to be. And so it just makes it hard to consistently build routines and and capture those casual viewers that are more attuned to like, oh, I'm going to flip on Golf Channel and see what's on. You know, it should be a live event right now. Or just like you said, I'm, I know on Saturday and Sunday afternoon, I'm going to flip on CBS and I know golf is going to be there. Yeah. So that's frustrating. Specifically, Cody, to your breakdown of, you know, how they treated the the Ryder Cup 
versus the Solheim Cup. I mean, that's that's what it gets down to to me. And and Tron, you said the same thing. Is just I would love to see an investment and a mindset of hey, the 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 this game, this sport is we can make money off this because it's a good product. And if we sell it to people, we are going to bring in viewers that love golf. And I think with how much the PGA live stuff has potentially turned people off and a number of other factors, there's no reason the LPGA can't settle into a a nice profitable role. I, I, I just refuse to believe that that's not possible. And so Good on Molly for going on the offensive and and calling this out publicly and and stating her goals. Right, um, if I can go back to that Sports Business Journal article uh, and quote Molly some more, she says that the LPGA is quote close to naming a strategic planning partner to look at various options for increasing investment, including bringing in capital from outside parties. She says it's impossible. Quote, it's impossible to maximize value in any business without investment. We have this amazing product and we need to figure out how to commercialize it, monetize it, and have investment come into it. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is like we got to shift from this diversity and inclusion where ah, we're just going to kind of throw a, a token investment at some stuff to like, no, there's you know there's like money to be shit. made yeah. yeah these businesses should be looking at it as a as an opportunity to make money and and to monetize this and so i'm hopeful you know i i think again internally we're like okay this is the first kind of sign from molly of like all right this is maybe this is what you know we can hang your your administration's hat on so what is that like on the capital side? Does that mean that they give up equity in the tour? Does that mean that they're selling off tournaments and basically say, "Hey, stand these up, and you you stand to you know, and then peg purses against it, and you stand to reap the you know all the profits beyond those those operating expenses"? Is it you know different title sponsorships? I like it's kind of a black box. It seems like right. Yeah. So I will say from, again, the same Sports Business Journal article. Sports Business Journal is great um, if, if people aren't aware of that. But they cited a recent deal between CVC Capital Partners and the Women's Tennis Association, the WTA, where CVC invested uh, $150 million into the WTA. Uh, and that was for a sale of 20% equity. So conceivably they could yes they could kind of sell off equity in the tour um i think there's an opportunity to to, again like the wta has a presenting partner for like the overall tour i think that's a way to to bring capital into the game i think there are a few different avenues and it'll be interesting to see what what comes of any of them and something too like getting the you know getting the Ladies European tour stuff. Hey, that's a side door or a back door for a Ramco and getting some of that money yeah. in in a pallet, you know, debate the merits or the virtues of that all you want. But you know, it's I'm sure they'd happily take the oil money, right? But but also that's a good side door into like, hey, maybe pro you know, maybe it's an international deal with Procter and Gamble or mm-hmm. other multinational brands that that you know. What's stopping them right now from 
from sponsoring is that there's there's you know a lot of uh you know it's very domestic right and it's and hey you're getting basically worldwide you know five continents or six continents if you are you know moving forward with this so because that's the thing it's like there's you know it's tough like it's tougher it's not as clean because korea is a huge market for the lpga like there's there's different mm-hmm. stakeholders versus men's golf you know yeah I, and i think you're yeah you're exactly right those could be potential positives it, it could make certain things tougher i i that's where i admittedly don't have as as good of grasp but I think bottom line, it's nice to just one hear this messaging, see this messaging uh, from from Molly from the commissioner's office, and I, I think you know through again Solheim Cup numbers, some of the uh, I think the women's British Open did good ratings. The like there there is some momentum for sure in the women's game, so yeah. hopefully they can capitalize off it. The big thing is like the broadcast, and I and I think. That is the product. Yeah, what they can do to spice things up, reset with NBC Golf Channel, or go out and find, you know, if it's a ESPN Plus, like a a new streaming partner for for tournaments. That's I think that's going to be pivotal. Talked about numbers from the Solheim Cup, 260,000 viewers that was reported from Golf Channel, but specifically in Sky. And I think when we look at Sky and we talk in... U.S., how we talk the difference between cable and network uh, and where people go where they're used to seeing golf, I think that is reflected here in the numbers that Sky reported with a peak audience just uh, a little above 730,000 people, which is, you know, crushes the U.S. numbers by far. But because, I mean, it's that way because they put it on, you know, Sky Sports Golf and it they... People know where to go find the golf. Uh, you know, I don't, you, you could have a discussion there about viewing times and everything else like that, that it was a European hosted event. Uh, but I think like the numbers work out there. And I think, you know, for them, it's it was the most watched Solheim Cup ever in, in the history of it for, for any European, whether it's Sky Sports or BBC. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's I'm like so far past the the discussion of like oh nobody watches them because it's boring and and you know (laughs) i can't relate to it like that's that's so much bs because if you spend any amount of time at all watching the play like if you love golf like you're going to love it because it's about as pure of golf as you can possibly watch i think there's there there's so many things every like everything other than seemingly like nfl NBA, MLB, like ratings are going down for everything. And LPGA seems to be going in the opposite direction. And just because it's it's been lightly watched over the last five to ten years doesn't mean that has to be the case moving forward. Why exactly. would people, uh, again, and if, if viewership numbers are the end-all be-all and you see lackluster investment from the platform who is actually presenting the product, then what do you expect? I mean, I understand that NBC, they're going to look at this as like a huge win, but at no point in time are they looking at it as like, wow, like just think if we put an ounce. I'm not even talking about equal here because we're a long ways away from 
equality when it comes to be, you know, the difference between the men's professional game and the women's professional game. But fuck, just try a little, little bit harder. And to round this out, Randy, a couple quotes that really stood out for me. Molly, I'm 100% convinced that if we even gave a small percentage of the investment made in the Ryder Cup, the Solheim Cup would be a huge home run for players, for fans, for broadcasters, for sponsors. I think we're sitting on a gold mine. We need to capitalize on that. It's impossible to maximize value in any business without investment. And if you think about where we could where we could be or where the future could be, the returns are there. That's somebody who like of of all the things that have been said about Molly and you know, we've been pretty harsh on her as well about hey, what what is the future of all this look? Like that's somebody who I'm like, "Yep, let's do it." You you're yep. thinking on the right things. And if people don't get motivated and pumped up about like hearing quotes like that from her, then I don't know what else you're looking for. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's exactly right. I, I think it's getting money invested. We've talked about the the TV product, how how you show the product on TV, and it's continuing to try to get to one underserved markets we we've heard whispers that next year there's there's going to be an event in boston there might be an event in new york um i think the lpga is positioned to you know they they should be going to chicago they 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 need to kind of serve some of these markets that have been left behind annually by the pga tour and on top of that if they can get to some of the golf courses that we all know and love and some of these classic or old school courses that you simply could not put a men's event on that's that's what's going to interest people i mean that's there there are so many golf geeks and nerds and and people that like just want to watch good proper golf on some of these historic you know venues that we all know and so yeah, it's it's a lot of different kind of variables, but at least with with this reporting and these quotes by Molly, I'm I'm more optimistic I think than I've ever been certainly during her administration and at least I know that they have their eyes and their minds in the right spot. So, we'll we'll see over the next several months. And then once we get there, then we can evaluate what's a major and what's not a major. Exactly. And then we can, yes. Then we can focus on the, the important <laughs> shit, right? Exactly right, TC. Exactly right. Uh, well, let's move on. Uh, I, I said there have been two events since the Solheim Cup, since kind of we've been together. Uh, two weeks ago, they played in Arkansas, the Walmart Northwest Arkansas Championship. Last week was the Ascendant LPGA uh, just outside Dallas. Codeman, let's start here with the Ascendant. How was how was your time on the ground? Any big takeaways? Uh, I'll note Huju Kim won that event by four shots, her sixth LPGA title. Yeah, it was a, a good event. Uh, first time that I've ventured into the colony. So I don't know if you guys know where that's at, but it's just a little bit further west of of Frisco, which a lot of people know that name of now, another suburb in North Dallas. Uh, but a great big I, on an interesting golf course that that claims to be a Lynx course, but is, you know, Wait, you said a, you said an interesting golf course or an uninteresting golf course. I said an uninteresting <laughs> golf course. Uh, it's not somewhere where I'm going to seek out. Uh, but I know, you know, it, it's another one of those places where they have 
uh, a great membership who's very, very excited, who's willing to host and gets absolutely riled up. And I think having a, you know, an LPGA event in Dallas is, is very much needed. So um, it was great. It was hot, hot weekend still. Uh, luckily, it's finally cooling off here in Texas. But man, Hojo Kim absolutely running away with it uh, from like the get go, opening with that 64 and then never really letting up there. I mean, she, what, shot even par on her, her third round and then followed it up again, wins a 13 under and just blows the rest of them out of the water. But happy to see a tie. I walked uh, two rounds with her. She seems to be close to being back. Uh, she just didn't make a lot of putts. Which I think Do we is, know what it, she's coming back from? Was, was she hurt? I honestly, I I don't know, and and I've asked a lot of it. I think it's one of those things where you know, a little bit of expectation management. I mean, she just burst onto the scene last year and was just you know rookie of the year. But you got to think that she's still getting used to a lot of this, and she travels a ton. She plays in like almost every event possible. Uh, you know, some some hefty expectations for somebody who last year was rookie of the year. Um, yeah, but it was nice to see her play. Well, uh, I taught, you know, she was paired with Lexi for, for two of those rounds. I, you know, I'm still very, very impressed with Lexi's ball striking. She was making putts when she needed to make putts, uh, kind of had a, you know, opening round 71, which wasn't the best, but I watched that 65 that she shot in round two and she made everything, man. It was so impressive. And, and pretty cool to watch. And then, uh, you know, it, it was an overall fun event. Um, quite a few people live in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro, so there's some big fans out there. Happy to see Cheyenne get another top 10. And when she starts making birdies, she just makes them in, like, buckets. Had a low round of the week with the 63 on Sunday. Finish uh, uh, solo six. So nice to see her continuing good form. Cody, this is the one with that... God awful 18th hole, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> I remember when they had that playoff a couple of years ago. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, oh my God, make it stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh it, it's a weird place out there, man. It's uh this is not not, any, not any a place lot called going the on. colony. Yeah, that, that kind of sets <laughs> up. There's a lot of patriots events. out there. <laughs> there, yes. TC, I wanted to highlight our our girl. I'm gonna call her our girl because we've been we've been kind of riding for her for a few years now. And um, not much going on, but she is finally starting maybe to put it together. And that's Bianca Pogdanan from the Philippines. She finished tied for second at the ascendant and that was coming off a tied for third the previous week in Arkansas. She has vaulted all the way up to 48th in the race for the CME globe. She likely will make the, the tour championship for the first time. And also, like, her world ranking push, like, she's jumped over 200 spots in the world rankings. Uh, she is incredibly long. She is, I, I don't know, I just really like her swing, her game, and it's exciting to, hopefully she's maybe putting together all the talent. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, amen. I love, love seeing that, and I love seeing Soyeon Ru play well as well. She, she had a T7. She was tied with Leona McGuire. They're at T7. She's another one, like, kind of coming out of the wilderness. She's, you know, not had a a good year. That would be putting it lightly. And uh, yeah. so good to see some form out of her. Good leaderboard there. I'm stoked about uh, Angel 
is leading the Aeon Risk Reward Challenge. She is. Right now, with three weeks or three events left to go that are that are counting events. They're doing one at the BMW Korea. They're doing one at the Japan. And then they're doing one at uh, GameBridge. And that's it. And they're all par fives. Yeah, so she's up she's almost a full shot under par on the risk-reward holes, uh, you know, from an average perspective. So we'll see if she can hang on to that. That's a substantial payday. That is a big payday. It might, God, I know Angel too. If if anybody happens to be, Angel desperately wants to play in the Grant Thornton at, in, uh, in December. So if anybody can arrange for her to yeah. get a partner to get in the Grant Thornton, that would, that would make her whole year as well. Um, she'd be we a great about, partner too. Like she'd be I know. like, you know, great, like very good driver, the golf ball. Uh, she'll set you up. Obviously she's playing par fives well, because it's seemingly all the, you know, all the Aon risk reward holes are par fives. Uh, yeah, she's, she's currently 0.017 ahead of Ataya Titicum. So it's kind of a two horse race at this point there, but, um, but yeah, she would be a fantastic partner. Her putting has been she, good this year. I mean, she's a fun hang. You know, you can easily spend four to five hours with her out on the golf course. We talked about Lexi. Lexi, I think her her two top tens this year on the LPGA Tour have happened in the last two weeks. She finished fifth in Dallas. She finished tied for eighth in Arkansas. I think the only other thing from Dallas I wanted to say was Catherine Muzzy finished tied for seventh in her first LPGA Tour start. She was a Monday qualifier played her college golf at both USC's. I always love when people, you know, they, she, she played four years at Southern Cal and then did a COVID year grad year at South Carolina, but it's, it's tough as Bethany Nichols wrote on golf week, uh, the LPGA changed their rules. So if you finish in a top 10, you're automatically qualified for the next week, except the next week in this case is the, what about China LPGA and it's a limited field event, so she can't get into that. All the Asian events here are limited, so that takes her to the Pelican. But the Pelican, uh, the way they set that turn up is strictly on CME points. So essentially, she's like SOL. It's, it's hey, nice top 10, but we don't have another tournament to get you into. Um, that sucks. So that sucks, yeah. Uh, but I wanted to call her out. Awesome first start on on the LPGA for her. Do you know other other signs of life in Texas? I want to call this out to uh, Marina Alex. I thought she played so good the first two rounds, and I have no clue what happened on in round three uh, Saturday. She brought it home with a seventy six. Uh, Scored obviously does not match to how the rest of her week going. Still finished top 20 at T16. Um, but somebody who honestly we talked about a lot at the Solheim Cup, somebody who was definitely in Solheim Cup contention starting the beginning of the year through the first and second part of the year, and probably is is the most disappointed to be left out of all you know talk of it is her. And hopefully this is her uh, improving form because we are no, it's another Solheim Cup year. So points are counting already. Like, I guess this is just where I get back to with Lexi is like, we've talked about it multiple instances where how bad of a season by her own standards Marina is having. And she's still two spots ahead of Lexi in the season long standings. You know, 
Granted, she's played seven more events, but still. It's, yeah, I, I don't know. It, uh, <laughs> it, it's a true wait and see with all. Like, I just, we'll see what happens with Lexi. You know, uh, uh, something just popped into my head, too. Uh, what? For this, the Shriners thing. I understand the Lexi thing, and I understand the, the pull uh, of having an American there. I guess if I was the a tournament organizer who was looking for something of, of that juice, and maybe it's just because her profile isn't big enough yet, but fuck, Lynn Grant won a co-sanctioned men's and women's <laughs> yeah. event who, who hits it a fucking mile. And, like, you know, I think maybe this is just one of those things of, like, Lynn not having a big enough profile yet. Because, that, I, I mean, that would make more sense. If that came out, I'd be like, oh, okay, like, like, I get that. Yeah. Like, Wynn has a win this year. I think we, we've all said that we probably, you know, expected her to, to, you know, and she did. It's crazy to think. She only came over here in, like, fucking May when the COVID restrictions were lifted. She already has a win, had a great Solheim Cup. But, again, expectation management. We kind of thought that she would come over and just start clipping everything off. Yeah. Which is not fair uh, at all. Yeah, she's, I mean, you know, she's still getting her feet under her. Of course, Sally would say she's, she's you know, an old pro, an old veteran. But, you know. Yeah, I, I, I should have mentioned, just tying a, a bow here, the Walmart Arkansas Championship. Heyron Rue won that by three shots. That was a 54-hole event uh, scheduled. Which 54. the 54 hole events just... You can miss me with that. Like, uh, yeah, we uh, a lot of DC that's legacy stuff. Well, yeah. I think we, I think everybody would like to see them go away. I, I think that's the point of order. After we start trimming the majors, then we get down to these like fifty-four hole events, yeah. and like we got to start asking what's going on here. The only thing that I'll say about this fifty-four hole event is that, you know, if they're following up the Solheim Cup like they did, that's luckily true. it was a fifty-four hole event. That's yeah. true. And yeah. B, uh, Bianca finished finished tied for third. She did there as well. And flashing. another another sign of She's life uh, from former Solheim Cup player. You let me know. I mean, what the? Fuck? She's making cuts. Yeah, guys, we got another Swede. She's coming, <laughs> Linnea Strom. Uh, you know, she's she's on the way as well. She's 26, 27, but you know, like you got to go all the way down to. Elizabeth Sokol, who finished T10 to find a single score in the 70s in this event. Uh, scores were low. They were like, Heron Rue went 19 under through three rounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bit, which, bit of a birdie fest. 64, 64, 66. Which, all right, Cody, have, have you ever been to Northwest Arkansas? Never. Before? No, Bunky, I haven't either. Bunky hasn't took me there yet. People keep telling me about it. They're raving. Yeah. They're saying it's the new, you know, it's like say everybody's moving Austin. from Austin. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. To, to Northwest Arkansas. God, we talked to the same less people. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. They're raving, Cody. Yeah. That's another one that's presented by PNG. You know, it's the Walmart Northwest Arkansas Championship presented by PNG. If you can find me a sponsor that works better for women's golf than PNG. Yeah. Amen like, to that. Consumer packaged goods, they make it's perfect. You, you could do different, you know, some of your different brands. You could have the Tide Championship. You could have the that's sick. You know, the they have they have a multitude of different brands. You know, you could have yeah. the the Crest Toothpaste Championship. 
You'd have the Gillette Championship. Well, I think they did. Isn't, isn't uh, Pure Silk part of that brand, too? I don't I think, think they have they, that yeah. one anymore, do they? Oh, did they spin that? I don't know. Oh, uh, you're no, right. I mean, that uh, that uh, tournament. You're right, 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 right. Yeah. But again, for a week after the Solheim Cup, uh, very, very impressed with the field. It must be something. Everybody raves about that tournament. Everybody raves about the location and how they are treated while there. So, uh, again... We talked about, you know, the Canadian event, but I think at some point in time, we got to go to Northwest Arkansas. At the same time, with all these Solheim Cup players who decided to make the trip uh, directly from Spain to Arkansas, we also had people going from Spain to French or to France to play uh, the French Open right outside of Paris. Now, National Open, National Open a, a true uh, BDE. But what I would say is... I'm a little confused here because according to the, the I can't remember the the presenting sponsor of it, but what throughout cost, the, throughout this throughout the summer, they did a lot of promotion, social promotion on the event about Lexi playing in the event. Lexi was on my flight from uh, wherever the hell we took out from in Spain to Paris and and stopped in Paris. No. Uh, d- Sarge, Lexi was on my flight. <laughs> Did I say Lexi or I say Nelly? So Nelly. Nelly. So you were saying Lexi, Nelly. but are we Lexi talking about on Nelly? My I'm talking I have about no idea how, I'm no talking idea about how Nelly. Lilia, uh, Andrea Lee was on my flight. I yeah. had no idea how they made their next flight because there was a line. There was like a two-hour line to get through immigration in Zurich. Nuts. Crazy. Rose was on my flight. She said she didn't even. she hadn't even gone to sleep yet. So she was just waiting on her, her flight from Paris back over to the States. Um, but anyway, Nelly, take everything I said. Uh, I got Lexi on the brain. Nelly, Nelly, ton of promotion to play in the French Open. Uh, she was clearly signed up to play in the French Open. She flew to Paris uh, with, I think, all intention purpose of playing in the French Open and somehow never teed it up in the French Open following the Solheim Cup loss. Don't really understand what's going on there. Reached out to try to figure out what happened. Nobody really knows anything. Uh, but I do understand that I think the winner uh, of the French Open was like 325,000 euros or something like that. And that's what I was told was going to be Nelly's appearance money. Um, and then oh, the for- total purse was 325. Get out of here. Yeah. The winner Sheesh. got 52,500 euros. Uh, if you, you might finished, have to downgrade that national open, then TC. let's say I'm you sorry. finished solo seventh, you're not even making 10 K. It's not even paying let's, for the week. Let's say you make the cut, but you finish, you know, 60th. You're not even making a thousand euros. It's crazy. God, that's tough. So I guess then the entire purse is what was being reported uh, to be paid to Nelly for her appearance and what she, she ended up not playing. That week. So I don't know what's going on there. I should but have put it back into the purse. Who knows? Doubled the purse. Yeah. We'll see. God, uh, Swedes, TC, Swedes went three out of the oh, top four there. Crazy. The, I, you know what? I've never French even Open. heard of two out of the three. That's incredible. They're having Bunch a bunch of Norwegians in the mix right now, too, Randy. Oh, love when Scandinavia gets involved. <laughs> the Finns are coming, too. They are coming. Would you guys the the week after this was the uh, Ramco team series in Hong Kong? 
We had a number of big names, uh, Lilia Vu, Rose Zhang, Jin Young Ko, Carlotta Saganda. Um, I I think we've kind of touched on how Aramco is, you know, it's just something that these ladies can't really turn down. They They offer big appearance fee monies. And I think with the Asian swing coming up on the LPGA Tour, this fit well with a lot of these women they can go over play hong kong and then they're already in the the far east uh for the event in shanghai but anything anything you guys want to talk so, about yeah so like the aramco team thing is like two days and then the individual is three days like i think it was two sure and two how this thing works but this this particular event was just a 36 hole individual event so stupid which uh janet lynn won Jiu lynn who's had a had a really good year well i think uh, it, it was it was I'm shortened you, because they, they just had a ton of rain oh yeah. was it shortened yeah, okay yeah. all right all right yeah i was thinking and, like damn 36 holes just that is not <laughs> and then the ladies it. are going the uh ladies european tours going to dlf next in uh, India, the one with the with the styrofoam bunkers. <laughs> That's sick. Like a, a Gary Player special. <laughs> yeah. And then they go uh, from there to to the the Aramco Team Series Riyadh. Yeah, uh, of course. And then they go to the Mallorca Ladies Open, and they round it out at the Andalusia Costa del Sol Open de España. Ooh, I gotta dig back into that. I haven't heard exactly post business in deportes. <laughs> Of course. Uh, the LPGA, as we said, they're on an Asia, Asia swing this week. Primetime golf, the Buick LPGA Shanghai. It's 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Eastern on Golf Channel. The next week is the BMW Ladies Championship in Korea. Boys, I know you're disappointed you're not back over there this yeah, year. Especially, it's it's closer to Seoul, too. Mm-hmm. But much better venue, much better, you know, much closer to Seoul. Should be m- many, many more fans out there. I plan on waking up or you know having some some late night watching that's yeah it'll be fun perfect for denver too it'll come on nine o'clock out here i can watch it for a few hours before i go to bed uh and then they wrap the swing up uh they they're going to malaysia and then the toto japan classic before coming back to florida for the pelican and then the cme so we got six i believe six straight weeks of of lpga golf here right to the tour championship so it's going to be hot and heavy. It? Yeah, I was curious. I asked you guys what you might be most curious about, what what you have your eye on, um, either particularly with this Asian swing or over these next final six weeks of uh, of the calendar. A- anything you want to shout out that that's top of mind for for either of you? For me, it's just who's going to make the top sixty. Who's going to get? You know, it's a pretty pretty because it it totally resets when they get to naples too right Correct. whoever wins that event wins a big ass purse so um you got a lot of really good players kind of on the bubble there um Anna Quartz madsen is, is currently 60th patty tavit tanniket is 61st madeline sagstrom 62nd uh stephanie kiriaku who's had a very good year 65th Gemma's 66th matilda castron 67th I'm going down the leaderboard right now. Uh, the season-long leaderboard. <laughs> Let him cook. Let uh, him cook. Lauren, our young hitter, 
young hitchers. She's 73rd right now. Uh, if if we could get her into, it's really big to get into that because you can basically set your set your schedule in a big way next year, and you don't have to worry about reshuffles or anything like that. Mel Reed is seventy fourth. Stacy Lewis seventy fifth. So you know uh, Maria Fossey seventy seventh. Uh, Shabuno seventy ninth. Marina Alex eightieth. Lexi, we talked about her eighty second. You know who knows if that'll even matter. Bailey Tardy, 84th. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of relatively big names there. TC, keep going. Go down to Yeah, 96. Lydia Ko, 96th. Uh, Mina yeah. Harry Guy, 99th. Um, it's crazy. You know, Lizette Salas, somebody yeah, that's, you know. Emma Talley, um, Lucy Lee. You know, there's, there's yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, the margins are thin on the ladies' side. Not, not not a good year. Uh, a lot of people probably shocked to hear Lydia Ko's name that far down on that list. But the good news is the fall season is Lydia Ko season. Defending yes, champion both at BMW uh, as well as the Tour Championship. So as long as she gets there, she she got a good feeling around old Tiburon. I would um, I would imagine too. Like there's, I'm not sure how the LPGA status works with, you know, previous wins or you know how long you get full status after a win. I, yeah, I, I imagine think Lydia, she's in good shape there. Right. I don't think Lydia's sweating anything necessarily. No, no, no. Yeah. But not being able to play in the Tour Championship, because, again, that's the biggest purse outside the majors. Um, yeah. In a 60-woman 60, 60 field, that's that'd be tough. Codeman, what do you, what do you have your eye on? Uh, mine comes down to a, kind of a combination, but, but ultimately, like, looking at these – Season ending uh, awards, so specifically rookie of the year, Rolex player of the year, uh, things of that, because uh, again, a lot of these limited field events that carry the same weight, but uh, less people that you got to beat. So excited to see currently Lilia is at top of the Rolex player of the year points uh, with a pretty big, almost 20 point gap between her and Celine. Celine tied with Runin Yin. Runin's had a phenomenal season. Uh, and then you mentioned the let event last year in which, uh, GU Lin, the landlord won. So we got a landlord victory. We got the, <laughs> the tenant victories. Uh, you know, it's a lot, a lot going on, but the most important thing is kind of ties back to what we had discussed earlier, um, and touched on in previous episodes in what is actually going to come of this rumored LPGA let merger and see if we get any additional news out of that what's the latest do you do you have any update or can you just level set for people that might have missed uh some prior podcasts well there's reports that came out cincinnati week i think during a players meeting in which uh there was a lot of disgruntled lpga members because uh one of the the key things that were was being discussed is awarding the top four who were not otherwise LPGA Tour members or qualified on the Ladies European Tour, LPGA Tour cards for the next year. Effective, basically, the beginning of this year, which was kind of crazy because I know there's a ton of people who kind of split tours and everything else like that. They feel like, hey, I didn't get a fair shot of this. If I would have known that I could have played full-time L.E.T. in order to get an LPGA Tour card. I wouldn't have bounced back and forth, watered down my schedule. Of course, at the end of the day, if you just play better, it takes you a long ways. But I understand <laughs> where the women are going with this. 
the LET voted on that and they actually uh, turned it down. So they said, hey, that is not going to be enacted for this year that we're already in 2023. But they voted on enacting it uh, and sent that back to the LPGA Tour for the 2024 calendar year, which makes complete sense. Um, which the ladies that it would have, as of right now, Celine's number one, but then it's Johanna Gustafsson who won. Sweet. Uh, yep. Yeah, sweet. sweet. Uh, French <laughs> Open. Uh, Anna Peleas Trevino uh, is third. Diksha Dakar, an, an Indian, is fourth and Trichat Chinglob is currently fifth uh, and tie. And then Aditi is sixth. Lynn is seventh. So, uh, Ann Van Dam is currently ninth. So she could, you know, conceivably have gotten a path back to the LPGA tour through this. If she played well at the end of the year here. So the other thing that I think it helps a lot of players out, uh, specifically with some of these, these very strong college players who are coming out that, are not getting the amount of sponsors invites and everything else to LPGA tour events that majority of the ones that we have our eye on or, or at least from Europe that gives them an opportunity to kind of go home, set up their new base operations, get into a lot more events via the LET build kind of that roster up. Just like, you know, we saw Lynn do, we saw Maya do, we saw, you know, Celine did this exact same thing, but actually gives them a pathway to the LPGA tour that is different than going through, you know, Q series and everything else like that, because the Q series things, and we'll probably next month dive into that as we, we start looking towards, uh, you know, November mm -hmm. and December, because even them coming through Q series, like they don't really get the best access in the world. The category that they're put in kind of yeah. stinks, but I think that's a good segue to Epson tour at least because we have some new graduates. Yeah. Uh, Epson Tour just concluded their 2023 season with their Tour Championship and uh, through their season-long race to, I forget what they call it, the race to something. Um, it's essentially race the race to the LPGA Tour. The race to the printer cartridge. The, the race to the printer cartridge. Uh, we have 10 graduates coming out uh, onto the LPGA Tour full-time in 2024. I will just run down the list at top of the money list. I, somebody that's friend of the program. We've gotten to know a little bit through the years. Gab, Gabby Ruffles, uh, Australian. She finished with nearly $160,000 on the Epson tour, which is a hell of a season. Won three yep. times. Uh, I'm excited. The, the she, fact that they don't have the, the, uh, what do you call it? Battlefield promotion. Yeah, right, there. right. It's the race yeah. to the car. It's the race for the card, by the way. Very boring. Uh, race for that the is card. a little boring. Yeah, we gotta. It should be like the print. I like the printer cartridge. <laughs> the the battle, the road to the toner, the race <laughs> for the toner. Uh, I can't wait to watch her. She, she, a former U.S. amateur champion, um, almost went back to back. I, I think she's going to do really well. She famously, she did not submit the paperwork last year to sign up for Q series. So sealed her fate and, and went back to the Epson tour, but to her credit, embraced it, talked about, That's you know, so this, sick. yeah, this is going to be the best thing for me. I'm going to make the most of it. And she won golf tournaments. And I, I do think that can be a very important thing, like learning how to win, 
getting comfortable winning. I'm I'm really excited. I, I think she's going to be someone we're talking about a lot next year. Um, second on the list was Natasha Andrea Un, who was a graduate from San Jose State. Uh, had a great season. She won once on the Epson Tour. Um, this is going to be her first time playing on the LPGA Tour. Finishing third off the strength of winning the Tour Championship, Austin Kim. TC, she's a St. Augustine resident. You could she is. go down. Yeah, go down and have a game with her. I don't know where she um, plays out of there. Probably Valencia, I would assume. There's like no yeah. good golf in St. Augustine. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure. Uh she played she collegially won. at she Vanderbilt. Won the, the uh the Epson Tour Championship. Correct. Yep. Yep. That was her, I think her only win of the season, but obviously yeah. a big one. Uh fourth, just run quickly, Jiwon Joan, uh 26 year old Korean. Not a ton to note there. Um, fifth was Minji Kang, a 28-year-old Korean. Sixth, Agatha Lazny of, of France. I'm sure I mispronounced that. She won once this year. Uh, the, Fr- the French are going to come after you probably. I know, I know. Jenny Coleman, she's been on and off the uh, the LPGA Tour through the years. She's 31, so getting another crack is cool. Uh, eighth, Roberta Liti from Italy. Not much to to note on her. Uh, but nine and ten, I thought were interesting. Nine is Isabella Fiaro, who twenty uh, two year old Mexican. She played at Oklahoma State. Cody, I think this is somebody that I didn't. She leave the program at Oklahoma State. Wasn't she kind of involved in that? We we weren't quite sure what all was going on there. I think so. Uh, I don't yeah. want to say anything to outside right now, but yes, I, I believe so. I'll get back with more information for you. I feel like there's all sorts of, all sorts of athletes that have left Oklahoma state throughout the years. You know, Eugenio Chikara, you had, uh, uh, Mr. Fast Twitch, the wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Was it AJ Ferrari or whatever? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's Isabella. Uh, like I said, 22 years old. I don't, Honestly, I don't know much about her game. I haven't really watched her, but a number of big amateur wins um, will be a, a rookie for the first time. And then 10th was Kristen Gilman, who probably had like the best amateur resume of anybody until Rose Zhang came along. She won the USAM twice, four years apart, 2014 and 2018. Uh, was an All-American player in, at the University of Alabama and just has struggled to really find a footing in the professional game she's had lpga membership before uh but now we'll be back in 2024 as a 26 year old now so really curious if she can kind of find her place and and settle in so those are those are your 10 qualifiers i know there were a couple if you want to quickly go down the epson leaderboard that just missed the cut yeah i thought it sucks to you know miss it by seventeen hundred dollars becca huffer Finished eleventh. That's uh, that's tough. Jenny Bay finished thirteenth. Only made eleven starts. Kind of split her time. That's that's tough to finish. You know, couple. You know, a few thousand dollars out of the mix. Um, but you know, she had a great showing at Anwa, yeah. I believe. She was yeah. the uh, the UGA golfer. Yeah. Uh, Haley Moore struggling. Sixteen starts. Finished one hundred and twenty sixth. Hope she gets it turned around. And then. Uh, 
I would say another USC Trojan that I'm I'm stoked to see. I think she could be a future version of Gabby Ruffles is Amelia Garvey. Uh, yeah, Kiwi. She's uh, she finished 36th. Uh, pretty solid but unspectacular season. And then Randy, there there was a Russian that finished uh, in the top 20. Natalia Guseva, 20 year old Russian. Uh, she went to the U as well. Uh, okay. She, you know, I just thought that was interesting because she had a blank flag on there. They're not putting up the Russian flag, so I uh, I looked into it. She turns out she's Russian. So. Huh. Yeah, we don't have many yeah. Russians in the professional game, men or women, obviously. <laughs> not not known for their golf. Uh, no. I well, boys, that's that either. Yeah, that's that's about all I have for you. Any 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 parting thoughts? Any any takes you need to get off your chest? So this Maybank Championship in Malaysia, didn't they? Like it says, this is the inaugural event, but didn't they used to have this? Didn't they used to have a women's event? They did, and then it discontinued, and this has come back online, taking the place of the okay. swinging skirts from Taiwan. Taiwan. Okay. Yeah. Swinging skirts is hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, I, they're calling it the inaugural event, but they, they have had Malaysian events in the past. Any uh, any interesting with pairings? A lot bigger, uh, I will say this, with a lot bigger purse, though. I'll say that for a time of which, uh, you know, these purses are bouncing between the, in the low twos to, you know, really like 3.3, 3. 3.4 for normal events. This one for a new event coming in with a $3 million purse, it, it means a lot. Um, and then any, any interesting Grant Thornton pairings that we've seen come about? I, I saw Lexi's playing with Rick. Oh, Rick yeah. Fowler. Uh, yeah, you asked about interesting pairings. <laughs> <laughs> or, or surprising uh, or head scratchers. I assume some of them are probably they share an agency or they share a sponsor. I think the, we have Rose and Sahith playing together. That's fantastic. Um, I'm seeing Tony Finau and Nelly Corda. Don't team, love that. Team Loss. Uh, Canadian team. And Brooke Henderson. Yeah. 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 Like that. And then uh, Ricky Jason, and Lexi. Jason Day and Lydia playing together. I like that one. Yeah. Who's Max? Is Max playing? Does Max have a partner? I, I, not that I know of. We should get Max and Angel together. Max and Angel should play together. 100%. Little SoCal vibes? Yeah. I mean, All how right, many people gonna... are going to be in this field? I would assume it's like 30. Or it's probably, what, 20 teams? 30 teams? I think it's 36, so 18 uh, teams. Oh, it's yeah. only 18 teams. And I feel like I feel like Tom Hoagie's going to play because he won last year with Sahith. So you gotta wonder who God, Hogue, who's Hogue Man going after? Yeah. Maybe Stacy Lewis, maybe some you know, upper Midwest. Yeah. So or, 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 or sorry, uh, uh uh Amy Olson. Although Amy Olson probably just had a kid. She did, uh baby girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's gonna be a tough one, I think. <laughs> so Grant, this is a, th a three round event. 
Round one is a scramble. Round two is foursomes. Round three is modified four ball. What is modified four ball? Both players tee off, and then they switch balls for their second shots. Also like a scotch foursomes. And play the same ball until it is hold. Wow. I like that. That's cool. The lower ball, ball of the partners is counted as a team score for the hole. So what do we have so far? We got uh, the pride of Canada, Team Connors, and uh, Brooke Henderson. We got... Yeah, we just have kind of spot teams. on, right? Yeah. Five Who else teams. would you like to see? Well, you got to think Lilia Vu is going to be there. So who who would maybe Lilia and Max? I know that'd be that'd be actually a good one. Um, Kuchers always put like I'm curious to see how they fill this field out on the men's side as well because it's always been there's got to be a Dallas mules. team, right? Uh, you th- you think like a Trinity Forest team? So either uh, Spleef and uh, uh, Celine. I doubt Jordan would play this, right? But uh, may, okay, so Harry and Celine, they they practice together all the time. Or Smotherman or yeah, something. Either way, the the bottom of the team Atlas pool right now is not performing well. So the the boys got to worry about keeping cards outside of outside of Jordan. <laughs> but they'll be worried about that, and then this is after the fact. This is after everything wraps. This is after yeah, but you know everybody's after that sweet sweet money. There's got to uh, be. I'd a love Vegas to see a Korean team. team. There's got to be like yeah. Jin Young Ko and Sungjae or Jin Young Ko and Tom Kim or something like that. That's um, that's good. That'd be really good. Yeah. What, what if we get a, a brother sister team? Minwoo. Min that Woo Min that has to happen. Yeah. The only thing that happen. could complicate that is when's the Aussie Open? I think Aussie Open is later because this is. The I believe it starts December eighth. You're right. So I think the Aussie Open is either that weekend or the next open or the next weekend. Yeah. So that means Adam Scott's out of the mix. So I mean, you know, of course Jason Day is playing then because it's opposite the Aussie Open. You know, like Danielle Kang, I'd be shocked if she didn't play. Right? She. Yeah. I, I don't know. She could team up with a Vegas person or Xander. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think from the LPGA side who who would be like the players that are kind of locks to participate. Some thought-provoking stuff, though. Uh, why, what, like let's get like, a, a, like Ludwig. Ludwig and Lynn? Ludwig I was going to say there's got to be a you know? Swedish or, team. I, I think, I think yeah. Ludwig and Madeline. Like, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, with the Jack connection. Yeah. yeah. Jack carries both bags. <laughs> That'd be so sick. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, there. I'm sure there could be a, a tie connection here, being that this is in uh, where this is just outside Orlando, right? Who's going to play? Tom no, it's, it's right back at ID or we're still in Naples. Or yeah, yeah, it's at the I same course. I think it's Tiburon. the barn rat, Ataya and Kiratek. God, what happened to the barn rat? He's still playing. What a Spanish team? Would Ram and Saganda play? That'd be cool. Such a that would be so slow. I don't know if I don't know if Ram could do that. I know Ram would go crazy. There's not enough said. Still, I understand. Very good job uh, for her at the Solheim Cup. She is so slow. 
it, it, we should get uh, we should get the bullet and Charlie Hole together. Oh, oh Lord! Who's Tommy playing Team with? Rose. Team Rose is definitely playing, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Team Rose and like Georgia Hall. I was gonna say that Georgia and Charlie so have to play. Posh. Yes, that would make complete sense. Tommy and Charlie would be sick. God, I hope the the Aussie. I hope the Aussies teams don't let a don't let all this down. When is the uh, DP World Tour? I feel like they're they're wrapping up right around that time frame too, right? Tour Championship is the week before Thanksgiving. So they've got the Aussie PGA, the Joburg, the ISPS. I'm talking about the DP World Tour. They got the the ISPS Honda. Australian Open, um, and they go to South Africa. So actually, yeah, it could it could work well. And then remember, this year they're doing the the wrap up. They're wrapping up their season in January at yep. Abu Dhabi in Dubai. They're doing their season ending <laughs> stuff there, the Dubai Desert Classic in the Abu Dhabi, HSBC in in end of January. So. All right. I'm kind of in on the Grand Thornton, guys. I, I wasn't really yeah. in, but yeah, I'm thinking about some of these teams. I Even though it's a true silly season event, I, I think it could be fun. It's just funny because there's so many guys like Stu Sink has always played in this. Harris English, like this, the Sea Island guys beat this thing up. So I'll be <laughs> yeah. very curious to see well, how, they handle, how they handle the mules. This is a, a new, new event, new identity. Rebranding's been done, TC. You got to see if they stick with it or not. All right. Well, boys, it was was a pleasure to chat with you. This was fun. Um, We're going to be back for an LPGA episode two weeks from now, middle of the Asian swing. So we'll we'll reconnect then. But um, so so that'll be then post post China and and Korean Korea. Okay, that'll be great. Yeah, yeah. So appreciate everybody listening. TC, Cody, cheers to you guys. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll catch up next time. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect